Thank you for joining us today for the Gospel Light Baptist Church podcast with Pastor Brent Lenentine. We are a Bible-believing, Christ-honoring, gospel-centered church family located in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. We are motivated to love God, grow together, and serve others. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at gospellightbaptist.org. Now we hope you enjoy today's message from Pastor Brent Lenentine. So I want us to look at it, and you can write down if you want to, just some main points or to jot this down. But specifically, we're going to look at this thing when things are not planned, when things come into our life that are not planned. And what do we do with that, and how do we look at that? I want to say first off about these unplanned things, that it was not planned with our experiences. Actually, experiences then that we do or that we have a part of that was not planned in our life. I want you to look back for just a moment, and I mentioned this already, but in Luke chapter 1. Look back if you would in Luke chapter 1, and then in verse number 31, the message comes to Mary. uh, And the angel said unto her, verse 30, I'm sorry, fear not, Mary. For thou uh, hast found favor with God, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. For he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, uh, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there shall be no end. And so this was an amazing truth and an amazing story. Now, Joseph and Mary were both very dedicated to the Lord in this New Testament church age. We would say Joseph and Mary were born again and that they were living for the Lord. We would express it that way uh, as far as that they were God's child. They were devoted unto him. Because of that, they were specifically looking for the Messiah to come. So Joseph was looking for the promised Messiah. Mary was looking for the promised Messiah. The surprise moment in this was that Mary was going to be the one to bring the Messiah into the world. It's like, oops, I didn't see that coming, amen? And so now this angel gives this message to Mary that she is going to be the one that's going to do it. Now, certainly an unexpected event. So we see in verse number 34, let's make note of that if you would. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be seen that I know not a man? Mary goes on from that and she, in a very resolve, a, a very Uh, message of resigning, resolve, but also a message of worship, she says, behold the handmaiden of the Lord. And so she answers back to the Lord and says, whatever it is that you want. Uh, I wasn't expecting this. Truthfully, this doesn't really make sense, but I'm just going to trust you, and I'm just presenting myself before you as the handmaid of the Lord, and the handmaiden always did whatever it was that the master instructed for her to do. She was just a very humble servant. And so Mary responds and says, Lord, I'm just your handmaid. I'm just going to do what it is that you have for me, what your will is for me, completely unscheduled, completely not on my calendar, completely not on my radar, nothing at all that I expected to happen in my life. But God, if this is your will, then I'll just accept it and I'll go forward and just glorify you through all of this. Now, chapter 2, where we were at, and we read these verses now, in chapter, in chapter 2, verse 8, it says this, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. So we see Mary, and we see something very unexpected for her. 
in her life. And then in verse number 8, we see this, the shepherds. And then it says that the angel of the Lord came upon them. This light shone around them in a great and a powerful way. Then in verse 19... It tells us also, as we see Mary, just giving these foundational verses, it said, but Mary kept all these things and she pondered them in her heart. So I want to say that there are things that can happen and come into our life that were not planned or we weren't expecting them. In this case, it happened with some specific experiences or some specific events that would happen in their life. It was true then for both of them, both for Mary, for the shepherds, you could include many others into this list also. Now some of these experiences that happen in our life certainly are a blessing, certainly they're very good things and we would understand certainly that some of those experiences and events that would come in our life, unplanned things, are very, very hard, they're heartbreaking and they're very difficult. And so we have both of those sets of experiences that come in our life. But we understand then that God is greater than us, that God has things planned, that nothing takes God by surprise. And so when this came in Mary's life, when this came in the shepherd's life, when this came in Joseph's life, it took all of them by surprise, great surprise and great shock. However, for God, it didn't take him by surprise at all because it was just part of God's plan for them, for each one of them. And so there are experiences that happen. We understand here, and I said this already about the faith of Mary, that she said, that behold, the handmaid of the Lord. But Mary also, that we just read, took these things and she pondered them in her heart. And I want to say that when experiences come in our life, we kind of can take two paths. One, we can see them as intruders and enemies. As intruders and enemies, we can try to immediately reject them, or we can try to push them out of our life. Uh, this is unexpected. This was not planned. This is not on my calendar. And so this is an intruder, and I don't want this in my life. So we can obviously try to push it out or push it away. But as a child of God, we understand that God makes no mistakes and that all things work together for good to them that love God and them who are the called according to his purpose. And so God didn't make a mistake in this. And even though uh, you might think that it was, uh, it wasn't a mistake. And so what Mary did instead was that she took this and she pondered all of these things in her heart. She pondered the original message that she heard of the angel that you're actually going to give birth. You're going to conceive by the Holy Ghost and you're going to give birth to this chosen one, to the Messiah that all of Israel ha has, has been waiting for. All of Israel was supposed to be looking forward to the Messiah. Now, not all of them were, but all of those who were, were greatly blessed of God because of that. And so Mary took that, the original announcement by the angel, and then the birth of Jesus into the world in a very difficult circumstance. There was no room in the inn or the motel room, if you would, and rather she had to give birth uh, in, a, in a stable. And so that certainly wasn't something that was expected. But now on that very night as Jesus is born and as Joseph and Mary are there with Jesus, these shepherds come charging onto the, the scene, if you would. And all of this was just a proof to Mary that there was something very, very special about this baby that he was the chosen one of God. And so it tells us then that she pondered all these things in her heart. And I like this part of a definition, and that is that ponder means to try to 
put all the pieces together, to just kind of intentionally sit down and meditate and try to put those pieces together. And the reason why you want to do that is because you want to take some things and you want to tuck them away in your heart. Now, let me just encourage you in this, if you would, to say that in this last year, as we look back, especially in the year before that, in 2020, there were things that occurred in our life, things that happened in our life that were unexpected, unplanned, and not all of them were good things. Some of them were difficult things and hard things. But I think it's important for all of us to try to ponder some of those things and to put some of the lessons together. What is it that God taught us through this? And what are some lessons that God had for us? And let me try to put these all together and to be able to take them then and to tuck them away in our heart. Now, that was Mary, but think also, if you would, about the shepherds, okay? And so there was a birth announcement that was given. So we can do wedding announcements, right? Sometimes you can do um, anniversary type of announcements or invites, uh, some birthday type of invites in order to invite somebody to a birthday party. In this case, it was a birth announcement. A baby was just born. But interestingly enough, this birth announcement was not made to royalty, to the kings. Now, they would follow after as far as the kings from the east. But this announcement was actually given then to the shepherds. And I don't know if you realize this or not, but shepherds were viewed by other people as being very, very low on the pecking scale, right? It was not the job that was be desired. It was not a job that you wanted to be a part of. We had gone to a, uh, to a, a concert and a Christmas play. We had some of the invites out here. It was actually done by some Christians in a church in South Korea, and it was done very, very well. But uh, one of the little boys was a shepherd boy, and everybody else would make fun of him because he stunk, because he smelled bad and everything. But this is how shepherds were treated. They were rejected by many people. They were very low uh, on the, the pecking order. They were considered to not be very educated. They were considered to not be very smart at all. In fact, as far as the Egyptians were concerned, they despised all the shepherds. In Genesis 46 and in verse number 34, it says that ye, uh, that ye shall say thy servants trade hath been about cattle from thy youth until now, both we and also our fathers. This is Jacob now, and this is Joseph, sorry, giving instruction for them to go before Pharaoh, that you may dwell in the land of Goshen. And here's what it says. Listen to this statement. It says, for every shepherd is an abomination unto the Egyptians. In fact, what we understand traditionally, historically, in these Bible times here about shepherds, was that they were considered to be so uneducated and so unreliable that they were not allowed to give testimony in a court of law. And they were just, they were reviled. They were just looked down upon. But we understand that these shepherds were the one that received the announcement on that night that Jesus, the Messiah, had been born into the world. God chose to give the message to shepherds. It tells us in the text that we read that the shepherds went on and told all these other people that the Messiah was born. And it was amazing news. It was wonderful news. But people weren't even sure really to believe them or not because after all, they were just shepherds. Why is it that the Lord would choose to give the message, the greatest message to that point, and that was that the Messiah was born into the world? Why would God choose to use shepherds? I believe there would be a couple important reasons. One is because Jesus came to the lowest of low. The Bible tells us that the gospel is to be preached then to every creature uh, and that every person, as low as somebody might be, 
in a caste order, which some countries have, India and others, as low as a person might be, considered to be in society as a whole, that Jesus came to die for the sins of the whole world. Now I want to say that Jesus came for the lowest of low, but here's a blessing also. Jesus can use the lowest of low for his glory and his service. Amen? That every one of us can be used. If you're a child of God, you can be used of God. Doesn't matter if you don't have much education. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, how much you know or don't know. You don't have to have any kind of a Bible degree at all. You can be used of God no matter where we are in life because God will use the lowest of low in his service. In fact, he delights in doing that sometimes so that he will be the one that will get the glory. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 that it says that he chooses the foolish things and the base things of this life so that that person won't get the glory but rather that God will get the glory through them. And so shepherds, why shepherds? And I want to say that they were lowly and that's who Jesus came for. But also they were the most unlikely to ever be used for the glory of God. Do you realize that when Peter and John and James and the other ones stood up and when they boldly preached Jesus... There was not a Pharisee, there was not a scribe that would have given them an ounce of credibility. But the power and the moving of the Holy Spirit of God caused for every person from the most educated to the least educated to take notice of the message from the apostles. Amen? Amen? But God got the glory from that. The shepherds and, uh, and the fishermen and all of that. God got the glory from their lives. And so I want to say them this thing about unplanned things that happen in our life. Some of those can fall in the category of with our experiences. And some of those could also call in the, fall in the category of with our emotions. With our emotions. So, so there can be some things that shake us, if you would, or some things that startle us and bring really a fright in us. Now, we see that with the shepherds here. In verse number 9, it says specifically that they were afraid. In chapter 2, in verse number 9, the angels are saying this, Lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, like this, this uh, powerful, bright spotlight that shone all around them. And it says this, that they were sore afraid, that they were sore afraid. And certainly, that would have been any one of us. I promise you, if that would have been me and the light would have shone and an angel would have spoke, I promise you that I would have been afraid also. And fear is a, a normal and expected emotion that can happen in our life. But at the same time, we want to be careful not to continue in fear. Fear can rise because of something unexpected that happens, but we want to be careful to not continue in that emotion of fear because fear is a very powerful emotion and fear can do some things for us fear can cause flight right and so fear can cause people then to want to run away okay and so fear then is a very powerful emotion fear can cause people to withdraw right and to draw back and to withdraw from church and a walk with God and serving the Lord fear can cause us to withdraw from those things Fear also can cause us to make really bad decisions. Amen? Pastoring in all these years, one of the things that I can assure you of is that when people are troubled or fearful, they make really bad decisions. I can't tell you the number of people that up and moved away because they were fearful about something and they were frustrated about something and they moved away. Could never find a church, never serve God again, never got back into serving God again, but they made a really bad decision during a time of frustration and fear in their life. 
Here's what I can also assure you, and that is this. When fear increases, faith decreases. Amen? When fear increases, then faith decreases. But the opposite is true, and that is that when faith increases, it drives out fear. And that's what we need, right? We need that faith to increase in our life. And so the shepherds then experienced that fear. They were afraid. But I want to say thank God the angels helped them with that fear. In verse number 10, the angel said unto them, fear not, fear not. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. So the angels didn't want them to be fearful, didn't want them to continue on in fear, but rather wanted to remove that fear from them. So the angels spoke to them a powerful command that God gives to us, and God says to us, fear not. I don't want you to fear. I don't want you to be fearful. I want you, as it says now here, to fear not. Why? Why fear not? Because God is doing a good work. Amen? Now, I said already in Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them were the called according to his purpose. Now, we don't always see it as good right in that very moment where it happens. And truthfully, some things will never really see the good of it until we're there in heaven with the Lord uh, in that day to come. But what I want to say is, is that God is doing a good work. The angels said, fear not, because I bring you glad tidings of great joy. This is good news. This is the best news that has ever happened all the way to this point in creation. And that is that God has sent his son and the Messiah has come into the world. So this is good news. Amen. Now, here's what I want to promise you in this. This is what I want to try to encourage you in. I want to say that as a child of God, we don't always recognize the good news, but we can always have faith in the good God. Amen. We can have faith in the fact that God is a good God, right? That God loves us and that God is trying to help us and that God is trying to lead us as we go forward. Now, again, in every one of these points, I could go back to Mary because it was a wonderful testimony. If anyone was shocked and overwhelmed in all this, it was Mary. But Mary said, I'm the handmaiden of the Lord. I'm just going to trust you in all of this. This is amazing news, but it is overwhelming news. And God, I'm just going to trust you. In fact, she chose, she chose not to block it out of her mind, but rather intentionally to ponder or to think on it, to try to make sure to get all the good out of it that she could. Wanted to try to squeeze every ounce of that juice out of the orange, amen? I want to try to get everything from this that I possibly can. And that's how Mary handled all that. But the angel came and said, fear not. Why? Because God is doing a good work. Fear not. Why? Because God has everything under control. Amen? And that's hard to understand sometimes, but it is. This was an amazing, amazing story. But I want to promise you that it brought very good news into the world. So the good news was that Jesus come. And we would say the good news today is the gospel that Jesus died and was buried and rose again. And through Jesus Christ, we can have the forgiveness of sins. We can have salvation. And so I want to say this, if we would. And that is that some unplanned unexpected things can come in our life in the area of our emotions, with our emotions. But they also can come uh, in our life, I'm sorry, with our experiences and with our emotions. And they also can come in our life with our, with our expectations. Amen? With our expectations. Sometimes some things in our life that happen don't really measure up to the expectations that we had. 
this is not exactly what I had planned. This is not exactly the outcome that I had kind of worked out in my mind. This was not what I had hoped for. And so I want to say that one of the expectations was this, that all of this evening that took place was not events that was sufficient for a king. I mean, it really didn't measure up to the grandeur of a king. It really didn't measure up to what you would expect for a king. But here's what we understand also, that Jesus didn't come the first time as a king. But he came the first time humbling himself so that he might be our savior. So he didn't come specifically to be our king. He will come as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We must today receive him as the king and the Lord of our lives. But Jesus didn't come in that way. He came very humble and he came very lowly. He didn't come with a crown and a scepter to rule with. But rather he came in a stable, in a manger and with swaddling clothes. Not anything that you would expect for a king. Very underwhelming, right? And it was, I expected something so much more. Let me assure you that many frustrations come in our life because we expect something more than what really happens or turns out. Some event or something doesn't meet our expectations. We thought that it would be something so much more. We thought it would be something so much greater, so much bigger. And sometimes we don't understand just the wonderful work that God is doing. Some people live all the way through their lives feeling like that they've made very little contribution in this world. But I want to promise you, if you're saved, I want to promise you, if you'll humble yourself and just serve God, I want to promise you that God will use you in a greater way than you imagine. Amen? And this is what Jesus did. He humbled himself. In Philippians chapter 2, and in verse number 8, it says that he was found in fashion as a man, and he humbled himself, and he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now listen. There would be no crown if there were no cross. And so Jesus had to first come on the cross so that we might be with him throughout all of eternity. And so Jesus didn't come the first time wearing the crown, but he came the first time humbling himself, a manger, a stable, lied in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. He came and he humbled himself. Because later he would do a far greater humbling. And that is that he would make himself a servant. And that he would give of himself, humble himself, so that he would go to the cross and to die for our sins. And it goes on and it says, wherefore God hath highly exalted him. So the, crown had, the cross had to come and then the crown would follow after that. But I want to say certainly that the expectations were not met, certainly for the Messiah. One of the reasons why they rejected Jesus Christ was because they were only focusing on a king that would rule without understanding that a servant would come and would go to the cross. They missed the great truth of Isaiah 53 of the suffering Savior. They missed the great truth of Psalm 22 where the Savior would suffer uh, in great agony uh, in pain so that we could have the forgiveness of sins and so that we could have salvation. And so I want to say that these expectations were certainly not met. But I want to say then that God uses these, uh, these failed expectations so that he might get the glory out of them. Think, if you would, about some unlikely things that God used. Think about this for just a moment. 
You remember that, that God used then a donkey, an ass, in order to rebuke the backslidden prophet. It tells us this in 2 Peter 2, verse 15 and 16. It says, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozer, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. He was in it for himself, in it for what he could get and what he could gain. Verse 16, it says, but he was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumb ass speaking with a man's voice forbade the madness of a prophet. So God had a prophet that had turned to covetousness and God wanted to rebuke this prophet and he chose to use the ass or the donkey that the prophet was riding on in order to rebuke, to rebuke the backslidden prophet. And so God used something that was very unexpected. He used something that was very unlikely, right? Hey, listen to this. God used a little shepherd boy named David to gain great victory over the mighty Goliath. That was certainly unexpected, right? Uh, Saul and none of the uh, Israelites saw that coming, but God did that in a mighty way. Hey, God used Gideon and God used Deborah both to deliver Israel from their enemies. That was something that's very expected. But let me tell you the greatest unexpected ones that God would use, and that is that God can use you and I. Amen? That God can use you and I. There's many amazing and wonderful truths to learn from this truth, this account of the birth of Christ. You could see that God chose Mary, which was very unexpected. Very lowly, from a very lowly family, with no notoriety and known by nobody outside of her immediate family. But God used Mary. And God used Joseph. And God used shepherds. And out of all of this, we understand the amazing birth of Jesus Christ. We understand that that begins his whole journey going to the cross, the tomb, and then his resurrection. We understand all of that. Well, let me just say that another lesson that we could learn in this is that God delights in using unexpected, seemingly unqualified people to do great things for his glory. Amen? And we get to be a part of that, right? If God could use David, the shepherd boy, then God could use me and you also. If God could use Gideon, Gideon's praying for the deliverance of Israel, and Gideon's hiding behind, you know, rock and that, and he's threshing out the wheat. And, and the angel comes to him and says to him, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon is looking around like, Lord, who are you talking to? But God didn't see Gideon for what he was, but he saw Gideon for what he could be in Jesus Christ. And I want to say that one of the truths that we can understand is that God desires to use every one of us. Are you saved? Are you born again? Have you, belie have you believed in Jesus Christ? Are your sins forgiven? Are you a child of God? If you are... One, that puts you into the family of God. Two, that puts you into the bucket that God delights to use. You say, I'm not very educated. You say, I don't have much experience. You say, I'm not very qualified. And I say, that's exactly who God wants to use. Amen? Now, you can never get any experiences if you don't make yourself available. Amen? So you have to make yourself available. You have to do what Mary did. Mary said, none of this makes sense to me, but... I'm the handmaiden of the Lord. Not my will, but your will, God. What do you want? Now I want to say that as we go forward, listen to me now. We have never been a more informed generation. For the most part, as a whole, we've never been a more 
educated generation. We've never been, quote, seemingly a more qualified education, uh, qualified people. But at the same time, in many instances, we are a less willing people than previous generations. Amen? Someone plowing behind, behind the ox would say, God, I have no idea why you would use me. But if you're willing to use me, I would count that as a great promotion. But today, we would almost look at serving God as some kind of a demotion. And that's something that we've got to get right in our heart. Amen? Now, whatever it is that we do, God needs those that would witness for him. God needs those that would teach the word of God. God needs those that would, would serve and, uh, and, uh, and, and greet and encourage other people. God would use people to serve in many, many different ways. But we would have to do as Mary did. We would have to do as the shepherds did, even with all the shock and fear that they had. And that is that we would simply be willing to do what God had for us to do. God had for Mary to give birth to the Messiah. That's huge. But God had for Joseph to by faith believe God and simply step into his plan. God had for the shepherds to do something as simple as go to the stable to see the baby born that night. But God had a plan and a purpose for every one of them. And through all of the unexpected events, God intended for them to obey him. Amen? That's what he intended. He intended for them to obey him. Some of us, let's be really honest and say, some of us used to serve God. I said that. Yes, I said that. On the day after Christmas, I said that. Some of us used to serve God. And I'm not saying you got too big to serve God. That's not what I'm saying. Because as a Christian, you wouldn't say that, that I got too big to serve God. But what you would say is, been there, done that. Let somebody else do that. But this whole thing of multiplication requires someone who was doing it to keep doing it and someone who's not doing it to start doing it. We're not talking about replacement. We're talking in addition to. Amen. That's what we're talking about. In addition to. What a blessing it is. What a blessing to see those saved for years and years just keep serving the Lord. What a blessing to see those that uh, have <coughs> uh, up in years still faithfully serving the Lord. What a blessing that is. Let's go to the Lord in prayer if you would all over and ask for God to speak to our hearts. Hi, this is Brent Lenentine, and before we go, I want to say thank you for listening to this podcast. It is our prayer that today's message has encouraged and helped you. If you have any questions about how to be saved or your Christian walk, we would love to connect with you. Please visit us at gospellightbaptist.org. If you live in the greater Albuquerque area and don't have a church home, we hope that you'll visit with us soon at Gospel Light Baptist Church in Rio Rancho. And if you do have a church home, then I pray that you are able to attend there. Every person needs to be faithful and accountable in a local church 
where they can grow and serve. This podcast is a supplement to your spiritual growth and let it encourage you to be more for Christ. Again, our website is gospellightbaptist.org. Thank you for listening and have a great week. Thank you for tuning in today. If you are listening for the first time, we believe the most important decision you could ever make is the decision to know Jesus in a personal way. To find out more about that, please visit gospellightbaptist.org slash Jesus. If you are a regular listener, we want to thank you for your time, and we would ask that you subscribe to this podcast, and also take a moment to share it with others on social media. Until next time, may God richly bless you.